What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Own Your Journey podcast. Our guest today is Quinn Priester, committed to TCU, perfect game All-American. Quinn, welcome to the Own Your Journey podcast. What's going on today? Um, just finished up some finals, honestly. Uh, thanks for having me, though. It's, uh, I'm excited. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Good to have you on. Um, let's, let's just dive right into um, your story um, would love to get an understanding of uh, the full picture. Um, obviously, I just alluded to what you've accomplished, which is really impressive, and congrats on all that. But um, would love to hear how you got into baseball. I know you're a two-sport athlete, at least. I know you also play football. Um, so just talk about your journey in baseball, You know, maybe a little bit about the uh, the football thing and how it all comes together. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. And um and, and I kind of started playing baseball ever since I was little. Um, you know, I think I was five when I first started playing uh, the, you know, competitive baseball and organized baseball just in the hometown leagues. And then um, we started moving up through, like, small travel ball teams. And, and I really played majority of uh, local travel – for local travel ball teams um, up until, I think, my sophomore year summer. And then I was contacted by a coach uh, named Mike Phelps, who's now, um, you know, honestly one of uh, one of the better guys that I've met. Um, and he's always been there for me. And he got me into the like the national level scene. And um, I played for a team called Phenom Signature with, um, like you were talking about earlier, Spencer Jones. And um, and then I was able to kind of, you know, show my talents on more of a national level and start to be recognized rather than just within, um, you know, my hometown, but start to get some national recognition. And um, I owe that a lot to Coach Phelps. And, you know, going through the process, I found out about Perfect Game All-American Classic through uh, YouTube. I just, it popped up one day when I was looking up baseball stuff on YouTube and chemistry, and, and I saw that, and I'm like, all right, that's something I want to do. And um, it became a goal of mine, and just kind of working towards that every summer. Um, going forward and trying to get up in the in the rankings and perform well every single time I went out and pitched in front of in front of perfect game and and in front of everybody and um just kind of from going from the local travel ball to the national level stuff is was was a big change for me and um you know not thing not it wasn't something that I had a lot of people around me that could really relate to it so um, making friends like Spencer and, and guys like Logan Britt, who, you know, I could talk to just cause it was more new, uh, to a Midwest guy was, it was really helpful. And, you know, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. This has been, uh, the best summer of my life so far. And, you know, I just want to keep things going into the spring. Yeah, absolutely. You bring up a good point and it's something that, you know, I've talked about with a few other of the guys who have come on here is kind of the social aspect. And usually we get into it later in the episode, but the fact that you already brought it up clearly means that, you know, that inner circle aspect and kind of who you surrounded yourself with, whether it was your coach or, you know, the other guys who you met at the All-American game and whatnot. Um, talk about uh, kind of the social life that you've had in high school. You know, we've talked about with other players who have come on, obviously the sacrifice to really focus on your craft. Uh, what's your social life like? Um, what do you feel like you're giving up on and uh, what do you see as the trade-off in exchange for giving those things up? Just talk a little bit about that because I think it's really valuable for you know players who are 
uh, stuck and they might be making certain social decisions, this could be a good way for them to, you know, start improving immediately just by, you know, implementing certain things. So I'd love to hear more about that. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I've grown up and, and I've grown up in a football town and this and Carrie and um, Fox River Grove, they just live and breathe uh, football. And so growing up into that, like I always saw myself like, all right, I want to play um, like football in, in high school and, um, you know, be under Friday Night Lights and, and make plays and that kind of thing. And that's kind of where I got most of my um, friends, honestly, and um, just out on the football field and throughout high school, just meeting new guys from the football team. and um, And I think that really helped me in terms of baseball because of the way the football mindset is and it, in terms of, you know, like having more practice than games and being able to really work on, you know, work on getting better each day, even though it's not a game um, type situation. And um, it's kind of goes the same with pitching where, you know, you're going to have four games where you're really not, um, you're really not playing, especially as a starting pitcher. And then you have that one game when it's time to dominate and time to, time to um, kind of do your thing. And um, <clears throat> so I think I've learned a lot from football, but a lot of the sac- but at the same time, a lot of the sacrifices I made um, were were taking time away in the summers, especially from, you know, my friends at home, who were, um, you know, going uh, working hard and sweating in the summers for football with the pads on, and and quite frankly, I was, you know, in San Diego and in all these, you know, great places, um, you know, playing baseball, which, um, you know, obviously it's it's a little bit of a sacrifice being with friends, being with family all summer. But at the same time, um, I made so many new friends this summer. Like I said before, like Logan and like Spencer and, um, you know, just Jack Leiter, a couple of guys like that. And um, I think that both are extremely important to me. And um, going through that and talking with those guys um, makes it a little bit easier. And, um, you know, just having fun and seeing those guys pretty much every weekend at the different events. And, um, just, uh, that was was just those little sacrifices you kind of have to make. Like I missed my first, uh, football game this year because of, I wasn't at practice, um, for enough days because area codes and, and perfect game. But, um, you know, and, and really the way I have to look at it is, is I need to be thinking more in the long term than, than the short term because my long term goal is to be a starter in the major leagues and um these are the things that I have to do in order to achieve that goal and and um and you know of thinking in the long term and and thinking how it's gonna pay off um then and achieving my dream and um it it really makes decisions a lot easier to make. Yeah, for sure. That's you know, that's part of what inspired me to create this podcast was um I don't I don't think we connected in – yeah, we didn't connect in Jupiter, but just meeting a lot of uh, you guys down in Jupiter, kind of the elite players, um, even the underclassmen, there's a certain level of maturity, uh, especially on the mental side but also the physical side, where you're thinking about this stuff differently than, you know, oh, it's, uh, you know, it's Friday night or Saturday night. You have to do X, Y, and Z you know, to be with your friends. But what I see as a common trend – is yeah, your sacrifices affected football, but for a lot of the players who we've interviewed here for this podcast specifically, like you're out there on the field, you're in the weight room, you're doing different things, um, 
And it probably doesn't even really feel like you're doing anything special. But I just wanted to bring to light, like, it, it is an enormous undertaking, an enormous sacrifice what you're doing. And I just hope that players listening to this, if they're looking to improve especially, but also, you know, get on the recruiting radar, you know, there's more to it than just becoming, you didn't become an All-American overnight. Like, it took, you know, many years of, you know, focusing on your craft, playing football, staying athletic, staying active. And I think that's just really important um, for for you know players trying to come up through the system now to understand the process that it took. I would love to go back to um, your travel ball experience. I find it interesting that you kind of exploded onto the national stage after really, I imagine, probably dominating more on the local stage. Talk about that. Like, were you dominant and then made the transition and then tie that into your development as a player? Like. Did you hit a certain point uh, along the way, whether it was freshman year or junior year, where you just, you were like, okay, there's really something here in terms of your ability and you just went to a new level? Yeah, so when Coach Phelps um, kind of, you know, saw me throw in, um, you know, a small facility up uh, like 20 minutes from my house, so up in um, Crystal Lake, Illinois, he kind of was like, yeah, like we want you on a team, we want you to come out here and, um, you know, play against, you know, these teams from like Florida and from California and, and growing up, like whenever being a local team, it's like we go to a, a bigger tournament, like a Cooperstown or, or something like that. And we'd see like a Florida or a California team. And it's like, like, Oh God, like they're going to be, you know, really, really good. They play year round, all that different kind of stuff. So I kind of went into it. Um, you know, I wasn't sure if I belonged. I wasn't sure if, um, like I wasn't sure if I was really um like as good as as coach Phelps kind of thought that um I was and um <clears throat> so right like right away it was I had a little bit of doubt in the back of my mind and as I started um playing more and more and pitching against these guys and having success against these guys I started to feel like I belonged um and then I ended up going to the underclass area code games and, um, you know, like, kind of like you said, after, um, being able to live off of fastball, um, pretty much um, my entire life, I came out and I started throwing all fastballs and I got rocked. And it was, um, kind of eye opening to where it's like, all right, well, this isn't working. Need to make an adjustment. And then, um, started throwing my breaking ball a little bit more, um, and started having some success. And then being able to just compete with the best, um, it really kind of, proved to myself that like I did belong there but it also kind of fired me up after getting um kind of hit around a little bit at the underclass area code games that you know it's you know I'm that's not something that's going to happen this next summer I'm going to I'm going to be as dominant as I can next summer and and you know work as hard as I can to make sure that I put myself in in the best situation for the next level yeah and I think that's another common theme that I've seen from these interviews that we've done is that sounds like it was maybe a turning point in your career. Like maybe some players would have taken getting rocked at the area code games as like, Oh, maybe I'm not cut out for this. You know, maybe I can't play at the next level. But what I've seen through talking with you guys is whenever you hit those points, it actually motivates you to work harder instead of going the other direction, which is I think easy to do. And I think a lot of players struggle with that is almost shying away from the adversity shying away from the big moment and instead of just putting your foot in the ground and 
really taking things to the next level. So would you say that's one of the more uh, adverse times, like in terms of like adversity that you've been through in your career? Have there been other things similar uh, that really opened up your eyes and, you know, help push you? And if so, how did you really go about handling those situations? No, absolutely. I think if I had to pinpoint one, um, one thing that really kind of caused me to um, want it even more, it'd probably be that, that event right there because, um, you know, no one likes to be hit around. No one wants to get, wants to be unsuccessful. And um, I kind of had a good idea going into the summer that, I'd be participating in the similar similar events with similar kids who are going to be better. So, um, you know, I kind of took it upon myself to make sure I was, you know, doing the right things in the off season and really working as hard as I could to make sure that coming out into this summer that, you know, I'd set myself apart in some way from the rest of the pack because I think there's I think there's a really a lot a lot of really really good players out there and um, you know, you can see uh, the national at TOS and all those things, but there's only a select few kids who, who can really separate themselves. So that was kind of my goal this summer was to have, to, to try and be able to separate myself. For sure. Um, I would love to learn more about uh, your recruiting process. So you're committed to TCU. I would love to hear kind of start to finish, um, even if you overview each year, you know, freshman, did you have any schools interested, sophomore and so on? And then at what point did TCU get interested? And then what was that process like in terms of getting familiar with the coaching staff, them offering you, and then you deciding to go there? Absolutely. So my recruiting process kind of started, um, I want to say going into my freshman year when I went to uh, a PBR showcase and then um, I went there and, and I kind of had no idea what to expect. I'd never gone to a showcase before. I really had never been on a radar gun in terms of velocity. And, um, I kind of went in and then going to my freshman year, I think I threw 84 miles an hour. And, um, and then from that point, I got contacts from like Mizzou and, uh, Cincinnati a little bit, but nothing extremely serious. Just, um, you know, talking back and forth with coaches and then, I know later that year during the spring season of my freshman year, went to another showcase, ended up hitting 87, and then um, got a little more college interest from, like, Northwestern, a couple of other Big Ten schools. And then kind of as that, um, as that kind of finished off and that my summer going into my sophomore year finished off, I went to one more showcase. Um, and then I hit 89. That's when Coach Sarlos, uh, Coach Sarlos, uh, who's a pitching coach at TCU, was there, and he was able to see me. And we started um, getting in contact with each other almost immediately. And um, you know, just being able to talk to Coach Sarlos, um, I think that was kind of the turning point in my recruiting process. I know I was really interested in going to Michigan and. Um, Coach Backich was awesome. The campus was awesome. Obviously, the school speaks for itself in terms of academics. So right away, it was kind of like, um, you know, this seems like a, like an awesome place to be. And then um, Coach Sarlos calls, and he's just super enthusiastic on the phone. He's like, hey, Q, what's what's going on? And um, it just kind of made me feel more welcome. And, and then I went down to campus, and then um, it's kind of over from there. I really loved the campus. and. 
Um, you know, just know like the facilities. And I went down in January and in January in the North, it's like, you know, we're under like two feet of snow and it's below like 30 degrees. And then we go down to Texas and it's like 65 degrees in the middle of January. And you're like, you gotta be kidding me. And this is, so that was kind of the, that was kind of the, um, whole process for me. And then I ended up committing my sophomore year spring. Um, and, uh, you know, really haven't looked back, uh, from that point and, you know, still talk, uh, with coach Salas a bunch and, um, you know, just really excited. For sure. No, TCU is an amazing place. Uh, I, I was actually fortunate enough to play there in the regionals, uh, in the NCAA tournament. We, uh, we actually faced, uh, when Brandon Finnegan was there, the year he got drafted oh, and then yeah, pitched yeah. for the Royals. Yeah. So we faced Finnegan down there, um, at TCU and it was just an electric environment. I mean, those fans are super passionate. So really exciting that you're going to be able to play in front of that, you know, weekend, weekend in, weekend out, especially when, you know, conference play comes around. It's going to be really exciting. Um, so. What's kind of the next steps for you? Like, what's your routine like these days in terms of, you know, going into your last year of high school? Um, are you toning things back a little bit in terms of the throwing, playing it safe? Um, are you hitting the weights harder? Um, walk us through kind of what you're doing now in terms of getting yourself uh, to the next stage uh, in terms of your goals. So right now, um, I'm starting to do more baseball specific um, training, which I've never really done. I've done more just kind of general athlete workouts and um but you know with um you know whether it be the draft or being at tcu my goal is to set myself up for um success whether at the next level and whether that be um you know in june or um next spring for trying to be a starter at tcu so um i'm trying to get as good as as I possibly can strengthen as much as I possibly can, um, for this spring. And, um, I'm not starting throwing. I usually, I usually like to take a, a good amount of time off from throwing, just from going from a whole summer throwing and then like a season of football. And then I usually, I won't pick up a baseball until, um, you know, Jan after Christmas, uh, for me to start throwing and to start getting into my throwing program. So, um, Nothing, I mean, the same work ethic and the same drive I have, um, is gonna, is gonna stay with me for this off season. But, um, I think things are getting a little more, uh, specific to baseball. I gotcha. Love that. Um, all right. Before we wrap up, kind of the last question we ask, uh, every player that comes on, you know, we really want this podcast to be valuable for, Basically, the player who might feel a little bit lost, I think we all feel that way along the way, but um, you know, maybe they don't know uh, how to improve or don't know how to start to be seen by college coaches and scouts. If you had one piece of advice that you could wrap it up, it uh, could be about the exposure side, it could be about the training side, it could be about anything. Um, what's one piece of advice that you would give that player who's listening to this right now? I'd say keep an open mind and kind of explore and try and learn as much as you can and take in information. Um, kind of as, a, as an example, um, I was, you know, messing around with um, a kid at my high school um, during the summer ball season where he was like, hey, like, have you ever played with your two-seam at all? And and um, I hadn't, and he showed me a way to throw it and kind of move my thumb around. And then 
that was, I think, probably four days before the Perfect Game National. And then I ended up going to the Perfect Game National, and that pitch just clicked with me. And I ended up throwing um, really effective two-seamers and, uh, at, at the National and, and just kept getting that better. So always always keep an open mind. And just because um, someone else does it different doesn't necessarily make it wrong. Just um, you know, keep an open mind, try everything in terms of, pitch grips and um you know stances whatever it might be and and if it doesn't work it doesn't work but you know you never know until you try it you know for sure no great advice great advice um so where can uh anyone listening to this uh follow your journey on social media where do you want them to find you and follow along um i have twitter and uh instagram are the main two things that i use what are what are their uh, your handles so that people can you know look you up and I join think, join the community? Yeah, I think Instagram is Quinn underscore Priester, and then I think Twitter is just at Quinn Priester. Awesome. Well, hopefully, people enjoyed this. Follow along with the journey. I know that we are, and that's how we got connected. But um, Quinn, really appreciate your time. This was a great chat, and uh, thanks again for giving us the opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everybody, if you enjoyed this episode of the Own Your Journey podcast, please subscribe, leave us some kind words in the comments, five stars, anything helps, share it with a friend, help us get these stories out um, of these players who are giving us their time uh, to help spread some knowledge and inspiration to uh, players all over the country and hopefully all over the world. So until next time, this is the Own Your Journey podcast, and we'll see you on the next episode of the country and hopefully all over the world. So. Until next time, this is the Own Your Journey podcast, and we'll see you on the